morning, St. Michael's. Lord, we're just so grateful to be in your presence this morning. Thank you for all the strength that you've given us through this pandemic, through everything that we're feeling emotionally and physically. You've never failed us, Lord, and you never will. We lift our voices to you this morning. In Jesus' name. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, 
that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The merciful Lord grant you absolution, mission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee. We give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty. O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayers. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord, Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen.
O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from the glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Second chapter, beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, 
and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets were at Bethel, who were at Bethel, came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you, before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 50. Beginning at verse 1, please respond by the half verse. The Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. He shall call to the heavens from above. Gather my saints together to me. Let the heavens declare his righteousness. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. 
Our second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launder on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And the cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Now, as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things that they had seen, till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord well we were uh <clears throat> we were speaking a few weeks ago about uh the tremendous concept that uh, we have to deal with of who God is and uh, how we relate to this God. But uh, it says here in, in 2 Corinthians, that the New Testament reading this morning, even if the gospel is veiled, Charlie, you know what a veil is? Yeah, it's something that hides something. And so 
that in itself makes it pretty evident, at least to the Apostle Paul, that this is fairly sticky, difficult stuff. I had a conversation recently with someone, and I was <laughs> trying to, you know, delve into some of these concepts, and uh, it dawned on me that's why we have seminaries, and it takes years and years to study to uh, to gain a real uh, definitive understanding of a lot of these concepts. The basic gospel is very, very simple, but the nuances become interesting and I want to show you that this morning just fool around a little bit with the with the reading that uh, we had in the the gospel particularly but it's uh, interesting in the New Testament that Paul starts out the, the, the way he does but even if our gospel is veiled it's veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age have blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, should shine on them. And so that, that, that's the ultimate uh, defeat of your soul. And you can work hard enough, apparently, that you can divide yourself away from God. God doesn't reject us, but we can reject him. And so this scripture gives out a little standing that you, you do it enough and it'll go cold and you'll become blind to the things of God. <clears throat> but what the scripture teaches us is that we should run after him. We should seek after him. The Old Testament readings are an example of even looking for men of God who you can run after. And I can speak for myself and uh, anyone else who's been in the ministry that that's what you try and do. You try and find people who you can uh, uh, strive to gain some of the wisdom that they have, some of the spirituality, and begin uh, using it in your own ministry. No man is an island, I guess, is the concept that, that I would use there. The Transfiguration, uh, it's a story, but it can be used as a key point in, in the orientation of discipleship and what discipleship is and what, what it really means. We can look backwards as they're up on the mountain and, and we see these, you know, the, the prophets represented. And we also see the law represented, which was the makeup of the Old Testament. And it allows us to look, you know, behind the cross, and it also looks, allows us to look forward in the cross, uh, both prophetically and in establishing truth in what God's law would say. I would... Uh, speculate that you could study this over and over from many different uh, positions and never fully understand what it all is about. But what I want to show you this morning is that these poor schnooks, it, it almost, uh, I, I could visualize a comedy skit in the transfiguration. 
<laughs> so watch. Just, just give me a couple minutes. In this story, he picks his three sharpest guys, or at least they're the farthest along. And yet as we watch the cream of the crop, it appears almost comical. Which only demonstrates he can use us. I think we can make the grape. So he takes them up on the mount, it says. In Mark's story, this follows six days on the heels of a monumental moment in his ministry and in their lives. Because in 831, Mark, he gives the first prediction of his death and resurrection. Okay? Thus, uh, he sits them down and he tells them this. This all makes sense in a minute. We see how goofy they act up there. And then he gives them six days to meditate on that. And then he takes the three up and we see how they react. In the story, he, uh, well, we'll read it. Then Jesus' disciples, I'm sorry, (laughs) Ed, you didn't mark my pages again. (laughs) I'll get to you. I'll just do it from memory. All right, so he takes them up. After six days, they've been meditating and uh, they go up there, and we see this picture of uh, dazzling white. We see Jesus is transformed, and we see uh, 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 Elijah and Moses. And Elijah is a picture of the prophetic. Moses is a picture of the law. And there, uh, what is the first response? Does anybody remember what their first response is? Well, Peter says it's really good for us to be here, boss. Man, is it good that we're here. He said, let's make three tents, one for each one of you. He's like, what? What are you you doing, Peter? What, What are you doing? Well, for Peter... It says that he was, it says he was terrified, stunned at this miraculous sight. So we'll, we'll give him that. And, but what it is that God is wanting us to do as we walk through our life every day, we have these little lessons we learn. Every once in a while we learn a, a monumental lesson, perhaps, if we're fortunate enough, being right place, right time. But what he's looking for us is to, to create a reaction to what God is trying to teach us. And so that was that was Peter's reaction. 
And so the Lord, he goes up there and he waits. We go through this little deal with Peter, distraction, big distraction. And then the Lord speaks through the cloud, says a voice came down, this is my beloved son, listen to him and obey him. Pretty short declaration. Well, he told him, Victor, he said, listen to him. Now, this is after a long, long time with him with his disciples. And now the revelation comes, which tells us, and which is supported by the goofy actions of these guys, we're not listening. We're not listening. These are the three top disciples that the twelve spent three years with. He tells them he's going to die, and what happens when he dies? They go to pieces. Because it's not that simple, and you don't get it here. You get it here. It's a walk of faith that occurs in your heart. It's a walk of faith that occurs in your heart. And the perfect example to see how to walk that out is to look at the relationship between the Father and the Son. In Gethsemane, that night before he was taken, tried, crucified, and buried, he sweat blood as he prayed to the Father, Father, is there some possibility we could do this a different way? And the Father made it really, really clear, there is no other way, son. You're going to take the whole world's sin in your hands, and you're going to die for their sin, and as a result, he says, don't worry, you'll rise again. But with you and the price that you pay, we'll give them all an opportunity to rise with you into new life. Into new life. And thanks be to God that that's the way it works. Because this is the mundane. This is the everyday world we are operating. And when we go up on the mount with them and we see a literal miracle in front of us, and we talked about building tents. It really, uh, so now they're coming down from the mountain. The clouds formed. This is my beloved son. Listen to him and obey him. And then suddenly they looked around and no longer they saw anyone except Jesus who was back the way he normally was. And so, they begin coming down the mountain. Jesus expressly orders them, after the Father has just told them, all I want you to do is listen and obey. So Jesus, on the way down, orders them not to tell anyone what they've seen 
until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Second time he tells them what he told them a few days earlier, that he had to die. But you remember when they first told him in chapter 8 what they did? Well, Peter did it. He played out the scene. They completely rejected it. That's ridiculous. You're not dying. There's no way you're dying. Why, I will go and I will and well, Peter's going to take the law in his own hand. Remember the story? Oh, gosh, they got to be laughing in heaven. And so, Jesus turns from Peter. All right, so I'm going to turn from you, and you're Peter going on and on. And he looks at the rest, and he said, Peter, get behind me, because you're serving Satan, not me. And that often is a place where we find ourselves and don't want to be behind him. We want to find ourselves facing him. We want to find ourselves received into his presence. And that's all created by our relationship. That's all created by... He spoke about the relationship with Peter. He said, Peter... I don't know who you're representing, but get behind me, Satan. You're not with me. You're against me. Why? Because when the test came, and the test was, this is my beloved son. Listen to him and obey him. He didn't. He didn't because... Perpetuous Peter spoke before he thought. And he spoke from a kingdom that he had built, not that Jesus had built, not that the Father had built. And so as a result, the Lord had to reject that. The Lord had to reject him. Of course, he didn't. And so when he had told them he's going to die, and he's coming down the hill, and he refers to you and says, Now, you guys, I don't want you to talk about this till after I've died. They just blew it off. You know why I know they blew it off? Because they changed the subject. Scene goes like this. He tells them about his death. He takes them up to boost their faith. Don't worry. And then coming down, he tells them, Don't mention this till after my death. And they respond, What could rising from the dead mean? What's he mean? Rising from the dead. He generally told you what he means, rising from the dead. They will not receive it. You must receive his kingdom. You can't just build your own. So it says, so they 
kept the matter to themselves, discussing and questioning instead what it meant to rise from the dead. No, they didn't keep it to themselves. They rejected it because they didn't understand it. It didn't fit their paradigm. This, remember, is a a lesson for us this morning about them who were us, us who were them. Not about God, not about the principles, not about the way it goes down, but about the way we react to things, often too quickly, often built on a paradigm that has nothing to do with God's paradigm. The right answer is always, Lord, what would you have me do? And so they nervously, I would speculate, ask him, well, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? See, this is like a technical, nuanced question about how it all goes down where they've, they haven't bought into the idea he's going to die. And so once again, he brings that back. He says, and yet, forget that question, in other words. How is it written of the Son of Man that he'll suffer many things and be treated with contempt? Once again, Jesus trying to forewarn them the knuckleheads, about his death and his planned resurrection, which they've already rejected as even being possible. He says in the last verse, but I say to you that Elijah has in fact come already. And they did to him whatever they wished just as is written of him in Scripture. Now, Jesus says that because they're having a discussion. He's trying to get them back on the discussion and get down inside of them. These three, who were pivotal three, and they obviously were, when the whole thing goes down, they're the instrumental apostles in the church. So he gets to their thick skull, what's supposed to be gone. They're trying to move it to Elijah. And so he makes the comment, no, this is what's going to happen. And in the same way, just as it happened to Elijah. Okay. What is God saying to them? What is God saying to us about the transfiguration? He's saying, number one, you live by faith. I'm going to take you up and show you something. Number two, you did not react to it correctly. You're still not getting it. All right, so here we are 2,000 years later. 
we have this amazing opportunity to study the Scripture, and many, many of the answers that we want to know, we can find. He says, seek me while it wills to be found. We're entering a season now. For a lot of people, it's a dead season. It's supposed to be a season where you die to yourself. But it's not supposed to be a dead season. It's supposed to be a productive season where we really examine ourselves and we don't let ourselves off the hook and we really press in to the inner man and we really seek to know him and to be in his presence. That's that's Lent. And we're gonna we're gonna do it one more time. Hopefully many more times, but we're gonna do it again. And I want you to just spend a few days thinking about these are the cream of the crop. And and just pray, Lord, give me the desire. I know he'll give us the ability. I really do. Give us the desire and give us the strength. Give us the time. Let us find the time to cut out of our day that we we can't just have that normal, oh, Jesus, he's my friend. But, Lord, we can find out all the deep things of you. Lord, that we could be like that lady who was dying from her infirmities, and all she wanted to do was to touch his hem. Well, let us have a season like that. Short, 40 days. That by the time we get to Easter Sunday, we're going to be transformed. I don't know how, but I know in a deeper, better way. Amen? Let's do it. Please stand. We're going to continue with the prayers of the people. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic church. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy.
Just a marvelous time with you. And Lord, that we would, we would wait expecting every day to grow deeper and deeper into the things of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. <coughs> Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. <coughs> So Lent starts Wednesday, but in order to celebrate the end of or get ready for uh, Lent, we have our Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper, which is uh, Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. downstairs. I understand that Michael House is going to give us a feast. Is that right, Michael? He's all excited about it. So it should be good. Come at 6.30 Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, we have three services. We have our 8 o'clock in the morning, noon, and 7 p.m. here for Ash Wednesday for the imposition of ashes. And I think that's the only thing so far. Is that it? Well, as we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something
We welcome all baptized believers to join us in the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love Him and for those who want to love Him even more. Come if you have much faith. Come if you have little. You have been here often and you haven't been here long. You come. You've tried to follow. You who failed, come. Because it's the Lord who invites you. It's His will that those who want Him should meet Him here. So come to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your heart. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death. And he's called us to the glory that's made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we'll proclaim your mighty works, for you've called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise. Holy, 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 Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you're holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper ended, he took the cup again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them and he said, drink this all of you, this is my blood of a new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup, We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love, together with our patriarch Craig and all of the clergy. Remember the sick and the firm in spirit, soul, or body. We hold up this day Connie and Susan and Carl and Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonja and Marie and Sandra and Tammy, Kyla, the Majeski family, the Jones family, the Sheridan family, Jason, Thomas, the Marines and sailors at Camp Pendleton. You may add names of those you're praying for. Lord, Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. 
Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with Joseph and Mary, the apostles, the martyrs, all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
You will. 
I was just dwelling on that scene, must, what it must have been like when Jesus is walking back down the mount with those three guys. God loves us so much. He never gives up on us. We're always his favorite child. What a picture. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be famous. All he wants is you to want him. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you've graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling, reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. God loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. Remain with you always. Amen.